Hi friends, my name is Tracy and I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your podcast where you can discover how to better serve Christ, create great friendships with like-minded ladies, and live a more abundant Christian life. Before we dive in, remember you can find podcasts like this and so much more on a website at christianladiesfellowship.com. While learning more about this unique ministry, you can also read articles, find resources like books and music, sign up to get helpful devotions delivered right to your inbox, and click the link to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 11 of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your host, Tracy Burns. While it takes me many hours of preparation of writing, recording, editing, and publishing prep to get these episodes to you, I have heard some wonderful feedback from some of you listeners, and it is worth it all. I know it takes time to grow a podcast, and you're helping it to grow organically by listening yourself and then telling others about the Abundant Living Podcast. Last week at church, I was speaking to another lady who is a decade or so older, and she said how she wasn't quite sure how to get a podcast. I did tell her if she wanted me to, I could help her and show her how to do it on her phone. So I'm telling you this to encourage you to understand how to download a podcast to possibly help some of those who don't quite know how to get there. The more who listen, the more who are helped. And that is the main reason for all of this. This particular episode came from a devotion article that I wrote for ChristianLadiesFellowship.com a couple of years ago. It's such a simple truth, but such a needed reminder. I know for myself, and I'm sure there are others out there that can be helped by this also. Many, many moons ago, as I was in the early years of young motherhood, I was channel surfing in the wee hours of the morning while in the haze of sleeplessness forced by a hungry baby. I always thought these TV programmers should make a channel dedicated to nursing mothers at 3 a.m. and that they should fill it with all the shows that will surely keep mommies awake enough to be able to finish the feeding, put the baby back to bed, and then make it back into their own beds before passing out from exhaustion. Side note, it is now called Netflix, you lucky present-day baby mamas. As I perused past disturbing infomercials, in random exercise videos. I mean, really, who is sweating to the oldies at 3 a.m.? I somehow landed on an old episode of the Oprah Winfrey show. I paused out of curiosity at the lineup of overweight people sitting on the stage. What in the world could Oprah be doing trying to help others fight the battle of the bulge, considering she herself had never stayed the same size through an entire season? This was sure to be good, so I stopped channel surfing, if only to enjoy the inevitable train wreck. On the show was Oprah's own personal psychiatrist, who supposedly had helped Oprah with her own weight problems. Hmm. The psychiatrist was coaching these poor people as they talked through the issue of not fitting in the clothes in their closet. Oh, this train wreck was getting better. To add to the abundance, no pun intended, This scrawny psychiatrist looked as if she'd float away like a malnourished birthday balloon if someone were to sneeze on her. Oh, I was hooked. The psychiatrist told all of these obese people, while she ironically avoided eye contact with the noticeably rotund Oprah, that their issues with overeating all stemmed back to trauma from their childhood. She said she had never met an obese person who did not have childhood tragedy. I literally laughed out loud 
Yes, there I sat, my fluffy postpartum self, still wearing my maternity nightwear because that's probably all that fit. Filled with unabashed judgment at this crazy woman, as the psychiatrist told them that their fat was not their fault and that they needed to deal with their obvious childhood trauma, I yelled at the TV. No, you crazy woman. Maybe they just like the taste of food. I mean, it doesn't take a vested scholar to know that chocolate and ice cream taste way better than broccoli. That doctor, along with her hollow cheekbones, told those poor fat people that the problem was not eating too much when it most definitely was. They loved food because food tastes good. They probably each had their own favorite indulgence. Ice cream, cookies, mac and cheese, or maybe some late night cheese it binging. These dear people just love food. Yes, I will be the first to admit that this is super judgmental. But at this point in my life, I could totally relate to these people. Food is fun and delicious. It brings us together. When something good is happening, such as a birthday, anniversary work promotion, we celebrate together by eating at a restaurant or at a friend's house. We host church potlucks for any reason worth a casual congratulatory round of applause. Wherever a group is gathered for almost any reason, we can be sure there will always be something to eat. Food binds wounds. I had a friend tell me once that if I ever needed to deliver bad news, I always needed to do it over dinner when everyone was either full or almost there because the news would be handled so much better after food. Food keeps us alive and we need it to live. No one, I mean no one, enjoys feeling hungry. I used to fast one day a week when I was in Bible college while I prayed for God's will for my life. Wednesday was the longest day of the week because I was starving all day long. Breaking my fast at the end of the day was many times over a batch of late night ramen noodles cooked in my hot pot in my dorm room. Now that might sound rather unappetizing to you, but that humble fare tasted like the best meal ever. Food is hoarded, hidden, and stashed so we can indulge whenever we get a craving. Now, before you stand in judgment of me, please think about the snack the kids will never know about that you hid at the back of the pantry. This snack is only pulled out when all of the children and perhaps even the husband are in the deepest REM sleep possible in order to prevent the little voices that ask, can I have some? Now, imagine if we were to treat the Bible as we do our own food obsessions. Imagine if we were to share God's word with all of those we love when we have something good happen in our lives. Think how much it would change our interactions if the Bible were part of every celebration no matter how big or small. Consider what would happen if we were to talk about the Bible and the blessings of God before we discussed the negative things when the news is bad. How would our perception change if we opened the Bible and partook of its bounty before dealing with the problems of our lives? Would our wounds be bound by the balm of the Bible and become more palatable? What if we fed on the word when our earthly needs left us desolate and empty? What if we were to devour the promises in those pages as if we could not take another step without just a bite from his word? The hunger pains of humanistic thinking would dissipate. The grief, depression, and loneliness would be relieved through the abundance of God's word. Think of how happiness will flood our lives when we stockpile those verses in our hearts to be recalled when we have a craving to be reminded of God's promises. If we hoard those passages in our memory, then when the night is darkest and loneliest, 
we will always have a stash of hope and light to which we can run. When I was a teenager, our church teen group attended a week-long summer camp in the Southern California mountains every year with several other churches. At the beginning of the week, this giant conglomeration of teenagers was divided into six or so teams. All sorts of competitions and activities throughout the next five days could earn points for your team. And at the end of the week, the winning team got some kind of disproportional award like extra ice cream. We didn't care about that because the thrill of the competition throughout the week drove us to win. One of the things that was big points was scripture memory. Three or four times a day, we all broke into smaller groups with our counselors and memorized and quoted verses to them. We weren't spiritual giants by a long shot, but if we got points in one, it was worth all the effort. It wasn't until years later as an adult that I realized what a treasure all that scripture memory had become. Time after time, situation after situation, I had a plethora of verses in my memory to pull from and utilize in the ups and downs of life. Even to this day, I can quote verses off the top of my head that came from those long ago competitive Bible memory sessions at teen camp. It's a priceless treasure to me to have so much Bible in my heart there always when I need it most. Lastly, if our Bible were the most delicious and desirable thing in our lives, we would not be able to not share it with those who just want a bite. It's the dish that never runs out and never needs to be rationed. We don't have to hide it for fear we won't get enough ourselves. We can freely share with whoever will sit down at the table of life and we can serve up the spread generously from the word of God. We have such a plenteous bounty to feast upon and to share with others. The best part of all is that we can never overindulge in the Bible. We will never feel guilty for devouring too much of God's word. It's the bread of life that never runs out, never goes bad, and never stops filling us up. Friends, pull up a chair, grab your Bible, and dig in. Savor each bite of the greatest meal you've ever eaten when you sit at God's table to enjoy the feast from his word. If you enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For more helpful content, be sure to check out our website, ChristianLadiesFellowship.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're leaving with some great things that will help you to live more for the Lord, make amazing Christian friends, and serve the Savior every day. Let's go show the world just how abundant the Christian life can be. Until next time, 